Well, good morning. morning. It's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Who loves their mom? Yeah? Yeah. Moms, you look beautiful today and every day. And I hope you were able to get your donut. I told Pastor Justin, they won't get away with that size donut on Father's Day. But uh, for Mother's Day, Mother's Day, it's... I think we can, I think that that's okay. Uh, we're going to jump a little bit. If you've been following us, we're in Matthew chapter five. We're gonna to jump to Matthew chapter six because I believe the Lord wanted us to go in a different direction today. But we're gonna go back to Matthew chapter five next week and, and pick, up, uh, pick up there. So if you'll just stand with me. <clears throat> and we're gonna to read together. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word brings life every single time. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, saturate us, Lord. I pray that you would uh, soften our hearts and that you would speak to us. Let everything that's meaningless of me fall away, but everything that's of you changes for eternity today. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're gonna talk about treasure. And uh, when I see treasure, I, I think of pirates. Uh, and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I've watched too much Jack Sparrow and, 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 and as a youth or, or growing up, but, but when somebody says the word treasure, I, I think of pirates. It's the first thing my mind goes to. And what pirates do with treasure is pirates fueled by greed, they'll do whatever it takes to go and get a treasure. Whatever it takes, by whatever means necessary, they will go and try and find treasure. And I would submit to you today that that's not a far-fetched, uh, uh, that's not far-fetched from what the world does when it comes to treasure uh, as well. The world will do whatever it takes to get its hands on treasure. And more than that, there's never enough of it. There's never enough of it. Uh, The kingdom, in the kingdom, the Bible tells us what we just read is that where our treasure is, that's that's where our heart is also. That's where our heart is. And so the inverse of that is true. Where our heart is, that's where our, our treasure is. By definition, treasure is this, the accumulation of the things you value. The accumulation of things you value. So I brought some treasure today. How many have moved before? You've like moved from house to house. Anybody enjoy moving like this? this is like hurrah, let's move. No, no. I tell you what, I cannot stand moving. But when you move, you discover you've got too much stuff. 
Is that true? When you move, you discover why do we have all of this stuff? So sometimes it's good to move so that you can clean out that stuff that you don't really need. But oftentimes when you move or if you're cleaning up or cleaning out, you'll find some things, you'll happen upon some things that you've assigned value to. And I've assigned value to a few things and I brought them today. I'm not gonna show you all of them for the sake of time, but uh, just a couple of things. Um, I've got two cassette tapes. Now, I don't know if you all don't know what this is, but the cassette tape, um, this is a, the first cassette tape is Go Go Jonah. This was the first show I directed at Smyrna Assembly uh, with kids, uh, real special to me. And this is another cassette tape, which is The Heart of Smyrna Assembly by Ronnie Meek in 2002. Uh, this is a, a treasure. And uh, we're gonna play this for you. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> There's, there's some, there's some, there's, there is some gold on that for sure. This is my uh, kindergarten report card, and uh, it's because that's the only one I got good marks in. Um, <laughs> let's see, I've got my high school yearbook. You're not getting into that. And uh, this is a, there's a, a stone in here that Pastor Ronnie gave me when we transition the church. And there's an inscription on here that I'm not going to tell you what it says, but this is, this is dear to me as well. And, and then. And here, this, uh, this was given to me right after Margaret passed away. And it says, enjoy the gift of ordinary days. Enjoy the gift of ordinary days. Guys, this, this stuff in here uh, represents moments in my life, things that I re- uh, uh, appreciated, things that I remember, things that are meaningful, important to me. But if I gave this box to Landon Jones, it'd just be a box of junk because there's no meaning to Landon with the stuff that's in here. To Daniel, this would just be a meaningless box of junk ready to throw away. The only reason that this stuff is valuable is because I've assigned meaning to it. I've assigned value to it. And treasure in our lives, we are the ones who dictate the value that we place on what we have and what we keep. We're the ones in control of assigning that value. So how many of you are wasting lots of money valuing things in a storage unit across the road? The worship team can come back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we will pay copious amounts of money to hold on to stuff. We will hold on to it and hold on to it and hold on to stuff. Can I tell you that when you go home to be with Jesus, none of that stuff is going to be there. None of that stuff is going to be there. And can I also tell you that we get the privilege of living as people who are in the kingdom right now. We don't have to wait till the other side, till we go to eternity. We can live for the kingdom right now. So here's my question to you. Do you have too much stuff in your life to start living as one who belongs to eternity, who belongs to the kingdom of God? What are you holding on to? What are you clenching? What have you assigned value to? Now, when we assign a value, you know, if I were to say to uh, James, you know, what do you value most? You know, he might give me the church answer. You know, well, I value my family. You know, I value my relationships. And I'm sure he does. I think he does value all of those things. But you know that sometimes our actions don't always line up with what we say we value. See, we can say all day long so that we can keep in good, uh, in good keeping or in good reputation with others what we value, but boy, do actions speak louder than words. Yeah. 
when it comes to what we value. The value system of the kingdom is strikingly different than the value system of the world. The value system of the kingdom is strikingly different than the value system of the world. This is what uh, the word tells us in terms of how we're to respond and not respond to the world. Do not love the world or anything of the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. We are not supposed to love the world. We're not supposed to love the stuff in the world. We're not supposed to love all the material things that we accumulate in the world. We don't belong to the world. If you are a believer in this place, you do not belong to the kingdom of the world. You belong to the kingdom of God. The world's value system says, how much can I get? How much more can I get? The kingdom value system says, how much can I give away to bless others? The the world's value system says, how high can I climb? How much can I achieve? The kingdom value system says, how low can I get? How many can I serve? The world's value system is centered around me. The kingdom's value system is centered around Jesus Christ is centered around Jesus Christ. It's all about him. Now you have heard the saying, money makes the world go round. Money doesn't make the world go round, God does. God makes the world go round. Money is a wonderful, valuable resource that we have been given to steward. It is a great tool for us to use. It is something that we have been given to steward by God. You know, when somebody says, you know, how much of my money belongs to God? The answer is all of it. The answer is all of it. But either you are going to submit to your money or your money's going to submit to you. And if you don't know which side of the coin you fall on, give me your last three bank statements and I will let you know. Because your bank statements can tell a lot about what you value. What you invest in says a lot about what you, what you value. You cannot expect to find life in the kingdom of the world. There's not life to be had in the kingdom of the world. No matter how much stuff you get, no matter how much you achieve, no matter how famous you become, there is, there is never going to be life here because the world is like an empty hole. And my Bible tells me that God is planning on destroying this place. Life is only found in the kingdom of God. Life is only found in the kingdom of God. And if you're a believer here, you belong to this kingdom. It's exciting. It's exciting that you have access to life. You have access to life. So why then do we act as if we are dead? Why do we act as if we're not alive? We have been liberated from all of the possessions and all of the worldly things you have been liberated. And this is why it is important. This here is why it is important for us to be seekers of the kingdom Matthew 6, 33 tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be taken care of. All of that stuff that you need, will be added to you. So what are you seeking first? 
If I'm honest with you, there are times when I'm seeking Kevin and his will before the Lord's. There are times when I'm seeking the interest of my family in terms of our provision before I seek the will of God. And every time I step out of his will, I feel uncomfortable. I start to feel uncomfortable. It doesn't go well. It doesn't go right. Because whenever I'm in his will, he's taking care of it for me. God is the great shepherd. We're meeting on Thursday nights talking about Psalm 23. And he is not just a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And because of the shepherd, you lack nothing. You have everything that you need because of the shepherd. If you let him be in control. Just a few moments ago, we all stood and we did a declaration and we talked about we are believing God for jobs and better jobs and raises and bonuses and, uh, and checks in the mail and uh, creative ideas, all of those things. And boy, that seems to kind of, um, what, what's, the, what's the connect here with the message and that? Here's the thing, the, 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 the most important part of that declaration is this, we are believing God for. We are believing God for these things. We're not believing ourselves. If you stand in that declaration and you're saying, I believe God for raises and bonuses and I believe God for checks in the mail and I believe God for creative ideas and then you walk out the door and you try to make it happen on your own, you're gonna fail every time. You're gonna be no better off than when you came in. In fact, you'll probably be worse off when you're trying to make those things happen. But here's the thing. God will answer those prayers by faith. I have seen people have checks in the mail. I've seen people be blessed with raises and bonuses and better jobs. He answers those prayers, but there is a primary purpose by which he, he answers those prayers. And it's this, so that we may advance his kingdom. He's not answering those prayers so that you can get rich so that you can go squirrel all your money away on frivolous things. God will bless you in order to advance his kingdom. Some of us have been in situations where we are backed up into corners and we don't really know how to respond or what to do. And God says, I'm going to move because I'm the only one who can move in your situation. And because you're in that place, I'm going to get the glory for what happens. Just a little while ago in worship, you saw John down here worshiping and dancing before the Lord. Here's the thing. I happen to know John's situation. I know what he's going through right now. And let me tell you what an appropriate response to come down here and praise the Lord. Every time you go through something where you don't understand what's going on or what to do, praise is always in order. Worshiping the king by faith to say, Lord, I trust you despite what my circumstances look like, despite how I feel, I'm going to praise, I'm going to worship you because I don't belong to the kingdom of this world. The world can do nothing to destroy you guys. God will take care of you. You can believe that. But all of this, all of this only comes because of faith. The Bible tells us that faith, it is impossible to please God without faith. It is, it is impossible to please him without faith. Well, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. When we can get to a place where we step into faith that God is gonna move in our circumstances, he's gonna move in our situation and our outward response be it praise, acknowledgement, joy, tapping into the fruit of the Spirit, whatever it is, our outward, our outward expression from the overflow of our heart, when that can match, God will begin to do something. God will begin to do something. But all too often, guys, I'm guilty. All too often, we get in those circumstances and we say, God, I just need, I gotta take control for just a few minutes because I think that my way is gonna get me out of here. 
Do you know how many people have made life-altering decisions being backed in a corner because something was dangled in front of them that looked so good? Let me tell you what the world does. The world offers glimmer and glitter in front of you that dazzles you. And then when you, I was a youth pastor before in the church and uh, they didn't fire me, thankfully. And uh, I, I, I took them on a youth camp and I took onions and I put a, a dowel rod in it and I put a caram, caramel sauce all over it. And I set them all out there and I said, we're gonna have an apple eating contest. And those teens, those, te- those timid teens, the ones that don't like to participate, oh, I can eat an apple. Let me do it, let me do it. And they, on your mark, set, go. The minute they bit into that onion, yeah. It's exactly what the world does. It looks good on the the outside, but the minute you bite into it, it's nasty. It's nasty. It takes faith to believe God, to believe God, not for things to be better for yourself or your own situation, but to advance his kingdom. I'm reminded of Jessica and Justin Bashir's situation, and they've shared from the platform about their lives and what the Lord's doing with them and their uh, adopted, or their hopefully soon to be adopted kids, their foster kids. And, um, and uh, I'm reminded of their story because I have been in prayer time with them in the past where it's like, Lord, please open up uh, another job for Justin. Please provide the, the income that's needed for the house or whatever. And God's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, but then I'm gonna give you four kids. I'm going to give you this resource, but you're going to have to, and you're not, and your house isn't going to be big enough for them. Okay. And this is going to seem absolutely crazy, but I want you to believe by faith that I will meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory, says the Lord, if you will be obedient to me and step out in faith. And lo and behold, they step out on faith, crazy faith. Many of you would be like, you are so crazy. You've lost your mind. I think Justin thought that at one point. I, you, I've lost my mind. And, and, and oh my goodness, have you heard the testimonies going on in that house? We baptized those kids. I mean, God is so faithful. God will meet you when you step out in faith. Why? To advance his kingdom so that he can be glorified. He's looking for willing vessels. He's looking for willing vessels. When we are chasing after the world's value system, the priority becomes wealth, fame, and success. Wealth, fame, and success. Now, the world, the world is deceiving, as we talked about with the onion. It's deceiving. It will coat something so nice and look so good, and you bite into it, and it's not really what you want. But when we look at these things, wealth, fame, and success, sometimes we will disconnect ourselves because we look at it and we say, you know, I'm not, look, I want some money. I'm trying to go, I'm not trying to be like rich, 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 you know, or, or, or you know, I'm not trying to be a movie star or some type of rock star. And, and I'm not own, trying to own my own company or anything like that. But you might not be trying to do all of those things. But when it comes to wealth, perhaps it's not that you're trying to become uh have copious amounts of money just laying around. Maybe it's not that, but maybe it's that you are working so hard to make ends meet because you're not trusting the Lord with the finances that you have. Well, how do I trust the Lord with the finances I have? The Bible says tithe. When you tithe, when you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay this 10%, 
It's an acknowledgement that you are the Lord over my resources. You are the Lord over my income. I'm choosing you first. I'm not taking care of my life and my situation and then giving you what's left over, God. I'm trusting you first. And there are so many testimonies in this house and across the globe of people who have employed this principle and they get to the end of the, end of the bill cycle and all this is left over and they can't explain why that God math added up that way. Happens all the time. We don't give, we don't, we don't pay our tithes so that we can become this blessed rich person that God just lavishes money on. We give it to him to, as, as a posture of submission that this money doesn't hold power over me. It belongs to you. Fame. No, maybe you're not trying to become a big movie star who's on TV and become famous in that vein, but maybe your personality is so big that everyone is drawn to you instead of Christ. Success. No, maybe you don't have a big office building that you own or that you're becoming uh, the CEO of a company or owning your own business. Maybe none of that is, but, but perhaps you have lost your identity in what you do instead of understanding your identity as in who you are based on what he says. So we're not too far removed from these things and it is the enemy's desire to kind of let them creep in subtly. And all of a sudden you're biting into this onion and it doesn't, it doesn't taste good. Success in the kingdom of God is not a competition because nobody can outdo Jesus. Not one of us can outdo Jesus. There's no reason for us to, to attempt to try to compete for success in the kingdom. Somebody referenced it it may have been last service uh, about um, the disciples talking about how great, um, who's gonna be greater. I think it was Carol maybe in the first gathering. Can you imagine right there in front of Jesus? Who's gonna be the best? Who's gonna be great? And it seems so ludicrous to read that story, but guys, we do that all the time. We do that all the time in our actions. Oh Lord, help us. Today is Mother's Day. It's a special day. And we honor the moms in the house. We honor moms because of their, the way that they serve and the way that they love. Uh, and I have to tell you guys, I don't know a better group of people that, who better emulates and embodies the kingdom value system than moms. Because from my vantage point as a son, as a husband to a mom, and watching some of the most wonderful moms on the planet in this house, I see selfless service. I see joyful attitude in the most dire circumstances. I see a, a, a leaning into Christ and the Holy Spirit to get power, sometimes because you don't have any other choice. Is that true, moms? Just leaning in. I've seen mothers come down here week after week after week believing for their kids, believing that the Lord would move. I've seen moms posture their hearts to be everything other than themselves. And guys, I have no idea. I truly have no idea what heaven is going to be when we all get there, when Jesus makes his return. I don't even know. But boy, it would not surprise me if there was a special recognition for the moms because moms carry something very, very special. This is my mom. That's not my mom. That's my mom. <laughs> my mom's name is Lisa. And 
My mom is not perfect. She'd be the first to tell you, but boy, let me tell you, she's pretty close to perfect in my estimation. She is selfless. She is kind. She is patient. She is never looking to be in the limelight. In fact, she prefers to be in the background. But let me tell you, when it comes to somebody looking like Christ, boy, I look at my mom. My mom has so reared me, so I am her responsibility. Thank you very much. Um, I remember whenever I was in third grade, I was uh, standing at the edge of a pool wanting to jump in. All my friends were jumping in, and I was there trying my best to muster up the courage to jump in. And I would count one, two, three, four, five, and I would say, this time I'm going to do it. One, two, three, one, two. And my mom just came up behind me one time and just pushed me right in. <laughs> like every loving mother. <laughs> but you know what I did right after she pushed me in? I got out of that pool and jumped right in. Got out of the pool and jumped right in. Mothers are there to give you the nudge that you need to do the things that you don't believe you can do. They speak life over situations. My mom, I remember when I was 14, going on 15, we were driving down Murfreesboro Road and uh, I just, I, I think I said, leaned over and I said, mom, I just so can't wait till I drive. And she pulled over. I didn't have a driver's license, a permit. She pulled over, she said, get out. I'm gonna let you drive. She is alive today. And so am I. But she gives me, she, she feeds life into me. She feeds me to, to, to have the ability to be courageous, to be brave. And she is responsible for my bad driving habits today. <laughs> but probably one of my favorite moments with my mom, and there are many, but this is one for today. Um, Many years ago, before I got married, I got really sick, got really, really sick. And um, I don't, I really believe I was more, I was sicker in this experience than I was with COVID. It was really bad. And I had gone to the doctor that mo morning. I was living on my own and I had gone to the doctor and, um, and they were running, they had to run some tests and things like that. So they sent me home. I was waiting for the test to come back. And I just got out to my car. And I just was so fatigued and overwhelmed and I could not move. I just couldn't move. And the doctors didn't know it. They couldn't say it was flu or anything like that. And it wasn't, it ended up being mono. But um, so I'm, I get in my car and I start to drive and I just start to cry. And I say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. And all I knew to do was go to mom, go to mom. And so I drove my car. I didn't call her, didn't tell her it was coming. I drove my car and I pulled into the driveway. I drug myself out of the car. I opened the door and I fell just right there in the doorstep. And my mom rushed to me and she picked me up and she carried me up the stairs and she put me in the bed and she took care of me. She, 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 she made soup. She fed me. She, all of these things. And the thing was, is that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I could go to my mom and she would take care of me.
My mom was a place of refuge. She was a safe place. But I have to tell you guys, you have a comforter. You have one that will do even more than that and is so consistent, and that is Jesus Christ. When you are sick, you can go to him. When you're in need, you can go to him. Whenever you need comfort, you can go to him every single time. And the Holy Spirit used my mom in that way in my life, just, just like he uses a lot of your moms like that. My mom was a safe place for me. The other mom in my life is my wife, Sherry. This picture was taken just this past week. We're in a really busy season because we're doing a show at the school and Sherry and I are very much involved with it. And we're, we're going really, really fast. But Ruby just had, a, just had a breakdown one morning. Have you ever had a kid that had a breakdown? Any of your kids have breakdowns? Okay, you know, it was one of those times. And the thing that I so admire about Sherry as a mother is that whenever our kids lose their minds, whenever they need to talk, whenever they cry, this is the posture Sherry takes. Sherry didn't have time for that. That wasn't in her schedule. But whenever that happened, there was nothing more important on the agenda than to take care of Ruby. To see her, to hear her, to listen to her. That is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And guys, you serve a Jesus. You serve a king who will be that for you when you need him to be. Now, let me speak to the mothers for just a second in the room. I just want to encourage you this morning. Some of you have been fighting and fighting and fighting. Vonda Coble gave me a definition of a mother in her mind, and I'm gonna butcher it, but I'm gonna do my best to get the point across here. She said, being a mother is taking all of your dreams, your desires, the things that you want to do and setting them aside and sacrificing them for the kid or kids that are in front of you, your children, and giving everything you can possibly give to them, every ounce, every part of you to them in the hopes that God will redeem all of this stuff and bring it back in full fruition, even more abundantly than what you had before and you gain in the process a best friend in your kids. I think it's a wonderful definition of a mother. Mothers in the room, I want to champion you. I want to cheer you on. I want to tell you this morning, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job, and, I, and we see you. You are so seen, and the Lord sees you. All the sacrifices you, you've made, all the things that you have laid down, the, the times that you feel so forgotten because you have sacrificed every ounce, you are drawing from emptiness, trying to come up with something. I want you to be encouraged that he will continue to sustain you, that you're drawing from a well that is deep, and that is from him. Continue to press in. If you're believing for one of your kids or a relative or a loved one, continue to press in because God sees your prayers. He hears your prayers. Remember that the steps of a righteous woman are ordered. Women and men are ordered. They are ordered by God. So you continue to walk before him and you remain encouraged. Amen? Remain encouraged. Remain encouraged. Guys, the most valuable possession that we have, the most precious possession that you have, the most precious resource you have is not your money. It's not your things. The most precious resource you have is time. It's time. There is a story in the book of Luke, and you're familiar with it, but I'm going to read it to you this morning. 
It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that, he, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me out. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Martha's error was not that she was so busy. What the word tells us is that Martha's error was that she was distracted. She was distracted. Guys, are you distracted today? Are you distracted by trying to build your own empire, your own kingdom? Are you distracted by the cares and the worries of this world? Are you distracted by uh, the fleeting things that come by? Are you distracted by the caramel apple onion? Are you, are, you, are you distracted by the things that are being dangled in front of you? Are you distracted by a busy schedule, a calendar that you are missing the opportunities to build your treasure in heaven? to build a treasure in heaven. Guys, we operate from such a distracted place. Why is it so important to, to, to build your treasure in heaven? There's a place in Revelation where it talks about the elders. There's coming a time when we are going to surround the very throne of God and Jesus Christ is gonna sit on that throne. And the scripture tells us that the elders with their crowns, they cast their crowns, crowns down at his feet. I can only imagine that the treasure that is spoken about to us that we accumulate in heaven will be one day laid at Jesus Christ's feet. Everything that you do that's not seen here or acknowledged here on earth, all of those times when you sacrificed and nobody acknowledged it, no appreciation was given, God's gonna acknowledge that in heaven. And guess what? It's gonna be glorious because you're gonna get to turn around and lay that right at Jesus's feet. Are you so distracted chasing after frivolous things, assigning value to things that don't matter, that you have no time to accumulate the treasure in heaven? Well, how do I do that? You listen to the Holy Spirit. You obey His voice. You lean into Him. And you simply take on a posture that says, I'm planning to be. I just am going to be. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm going to be. And in my being, and as I am being, He's going to use me. When we are distracted, we miss opportunities to store up the treasures in heaven. I was driving down the road the other day on Sam Ridley, and I'm driving. And I'm telling you guys, I am probably the most flawed father in this room. And I'm driving down the road and I constantly str struggle with, Lord, do my kids see me enough? Am I, am I present? Am I doing what you want me to do? Am I building treasure in heaven on their behalf? Am I, Lord, Lord, am I doing the right thing? And Nora literally says to me, Nora says, Daddy, I love you. I love you because I'm the most important person in your life. I could have driven off the road. Oh, that you would take the posture of Nora when it comes to your heavenly father because you are his most prized possession. You are God's treasure. He so values you so, so much that he sent his one and only son to die so that he could be in relationship with you. 
You are His prized possession. Our response is one of gratitude. Our response is one to say, I will belong to you, King, and I will allow you to use me. True treasure is not ever going to be found in this world. It's only gonna be found in the one who considers you his treasure, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? If you're gonna pray with people today, would you, would you come forward? Guys, there's coming a day, I believe that we're going to give account. We're gonna give account for what happened here on earth. But I don't believe that, you know, and I don't know. Let me give a disclaimer, I don't know. But I just, it's hard for me to believe that God's gonna look at me and say, Kevin, what did you do with that $500 I gave you on March 5th? I don't know that that's really gonna be the scenario, but let me tell you what the scenario is gonna be. What did you do with your time? What did you do with your time? How did you spend your time? And guys, I ask you today, how are you spending your time? Because if you will surrender your time to him, then you will happen upon treasure, upon treasure, upon treasure in the kingdom. If you're here today and you need the Lord to redeem time in your life, I believe there's a special anointing in the altar space. You can pray with somebody. You can take a piece of carpet, whatever it is that you need, but you come. If you are a mother in the room and you are believing for someone, you're believing salvation, healing, whatever it is, you're believing for your kids, family members, you also come. There is a God who will meet our every need. In the book of Hebrews, it says, because of Jesus Christ and what he did, we can come boldly. We don't have to come timidly. We can come boldly with what we need, asking him for what we need. So you come as we worship.